welcome, welcome to another episode of the Pixelated Sausage Show. Hi, 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 how are y'all doing? I'm, of course, your host, Mark Nez. I've fiddled around with the recording settings to make the camera setup a little more streamlined, so... It may be zoomed in a bit more than you remember from previous episodes. This is all if you watch the video version, of course. For all the audio listeners, the majority of listeners, this means absolutely nothing to you. But hopefully it looks fine enough. It might be a little bit brighter, a little less contrasty, a little less whatever. And I might fiddle with it some more after the fact, but I just changed this because I've been annoyed by the way I used to do it for a very long time. And I did it because the easier way always led to auto-focusing being turned on. And that bothers me when it goes out of focus and then goes in on focus or whatever. But I don't care anymore. And it seems like that doesn't default on. So that's nice as well. With my Logi camera. Logitech camera. But, enough about that. We're here to talk about games. But before I get to what I've been playing, there has been some news. As in, the GTA 6 trailer leaked and then was officially put out. And, this is not... A negative. I may sound negative when I say this. But after I watched the trailer, my immediate thought was, yeah, that looks like a Grand Theft Auto game in all the best ways possible. But it it just looks like... I, I wasn't able to get super excited about the trailer just because it looks like what I would expect a trailer for Grand Theft Auto 6 to look like. Which isn't a bad thing. And it makes me very happy that we're getting another proper Grand Theft Auto game. Because GTA Online is just not for me. As much as I thought it would be. And maybe it's because I thought GTA 5 was such a letdown. And easily the worst game in the series from a story and character standpoint. And even musically, radio-wise, writing-wise. It just... It really disappointed me. Not that it's a terrible game by any means, but in a series that has given me, I'd say, every game prior to 5, 3D game that is, even though I do love the top-down ones, I was a fan from the very beginning, and I would say those games are quite good, even still to this day. Also love Chinatown Wars. Three through four are all tens for me. I adore all of those games. I think four has gotten a bad rap post its release, though I think maybe it's starting to come around or at least die down in terms of the hate it got. Or I, I think with four, people started to turn on it because... They didn't think of it as one of the greatest games of all time. Still a great game, but really? Is it that good? Uh, but I adore it. Three is my favorite. In part because it was the first, but also I have a soft spot for Claude being the original protagonist and from the top down games. I love the more traditional mafioso story as opposed to your Scarface or your Boys in the Hood for Vice City and San Andreas. I I would not make any arguments or attempt to argue that Claude is the best character in terms of depth or anything because he's clearly not. He's just my favorite. I think I would probably put CJ at the top in terms of depth and character arc and all of that. And that... that game in particular San Andreas was a real surprise for me because 
I was worried I wasn't going to like that game going in because of the setting and it being not something that I really related to, but I thought that game was fantastic. And I like a lot of the experimental stuff they did in it with having you be able to gain weight, get fat if you want to, get buff, get skinny, stuff of that nature, build up your stats by doing various actions. You be a you increase your stamina by doing a lot of running or going to the gym or swimming and so on and so forth. And then four, I just fucking loved the hell out of. I thought it played very well. I enjoyed the shooting in it. And you remove the lock-on nature of it. I thought it felt pretty good. I like the driving. That is one of the big things that people don't like about four. But I love the driving in four. I just think that game is great. And I like the vibe of the city, of Liberty City, of that version, that iteration of Liberty City. But then five, it just, I didn't care about the characters. I couldn't tell you any of the side characters, really. I just know that, is Michael the main white old dude? He's got two pieces of shit kids. The son reminding me of Jonah Hill in Superbad. And then is Franklin the black guy? I know he has the one friend because, and only because I, when I replayed a little bit of it or, or threw in the PS, well, not the PS4, but the Xbox One version of the game when they did that upgrade. I played far enough to get to the mission where he has that one friend. So I know, I, I don't know who the hell that guy is, what his name is. And then Trevor. Does Trevor have a mom? <laughs> I, don't, I don't give a shit about those characters. I don't care about that story. It's a very well-crafted world. Yeah, but that's more of a 8 out of 10, I'd say, which is not in any way a bad thing. Long story short, 6, we finally have seen an official trailer for it after there being gameplay leakage last year, I believe, which got me excited. And this is Vice City, as we all already pretty much knew. And more than that, it seems like. It just seems like a big old Florida satirical crazy time. Looks good. Visually, it looks good. I want to see gameplay now. I don't want to see any more cinematic trailers. I want to see actual gameplay. But I'm sure that'll be a while until we see that, given that it's coming out in 2025. But that's all I care about now. I want to see if it looks as good as it looked in the this first trailer. Which I wouldn't be surprised if it does. Given how well Rockstar has been at making the, the previous games. You look at Red Dead Redemption 2. That game when it originally came out, absolutely gorgeous. It still is one of the best looking games to this date. And it's, what, five years old? Grand Theft Auto V, that was originally a 360 PS3 game, which is ridiculous to think about. We went an entire generation without a new Grand Theft Auto game because fucking Grand Theft Auto Line ruined everything. But I'm excited for six and can't wait to play it. But right now, with the trailer... It's, it's just, it's a Grand Theft Auto game. Big surprise. I did not like the song choice. That's the last thing I'll say. I did not like the song choice. Mostly because I, I found out who it was after the fact. I, to my, I, I'm sure I've heard some Tom Petty songs. I've never seeked out Tom Petty. I've never gone on my way to listen to his music. I couldn't tell you a single Tom Petty song. I don't even remember what the song was called, even though I looked it up to see what it was. I don't know what I would go instead, go with instead, but I don't think that was super iconic. But I could be wrong. 
Because Tom Petty's popular, as far as I know. I know the name, at least. So that says something, I guess. But yeah, Grand Theft Auto 6. Yay. And then the last thing I wanted to mention before getting on to what I've been playing is... I didn't realize the Wonka movie was so close to coming out. And it's been getting pretty good reviews overall. And I thought to myself, there is no way in hell I'm ever watching this movie. I don't give a shit about Wonka. I don't like the Tim Burton movie. I don't like the Gene Wilder movie, even though I think Gene Wilder's fantastic casting. I don't care about this story, clearly. If I haven't liked the past two movies, why the fuck? No, it's just not for me, though. I do want to rewatch the first one. Just to see. Just to see. But I, last time I rewatched it, maybe a year or two ago. No. That said, when I looked up Wonka and saw the director, I said, who the fuck is that? I never heard of this person. This is probably going to be somebody who's made a bunch of pieces of shit before this, and it's going to cement the fact that I will never watch this movie. Click the name. Everything changed. It's the director of Paddington and Paddington 2, the two best family movies of the last decade of this millennium fucking adore those movies does that mean Paddington 2's charm and wonder and delightfulness are going to translate into Wonka uh, maybe maybe not because you know what I much, I, I'd much rather watch a movie about this cute delightful charming little bear than Timothy Chalamet I'm sick of him and his stupid fucking face I'm over him. I was never on him. But if, if I was on him, I'd also be over him. I'm just, you know, he's fine. He's fine. I just, I don't fucking care. But now I gotta watch Wonka. When it gets to streaming platforms or home video, not in theaters. Though I have considered... And this is probably going to be a big deal to those who know me quite well and know my stance on theater going. I have considered, at least for a second or two here and there, going to a theater to see Godzilla Minus One. Because I'm very interested in that movie and it seems like a theater movie. But, let us get on to what I've been playing and you may see the, uh, in the video that I've got a little fuzz going on. I'm thinking about I, a day or two ago, I decided, hey, you know what? Maybe I should try growing a beard again. And I'm letting, I'm still letting the hair grow out in part because I don't want to spend the money to get a haircut. But also, it's winter. It's perfect time to throw on a beanie when I feel especially ugly. So, we'll see how that goes. I may end up, I already think I look fucking stupid, but with the super long hair, if I, if it gets there, if I manage that, I could look like a complete jackass, but might as well try it while I can still grow the hair in the first place. Anywho, enough about all that. Today's games, as I get on to what I've been playing, include Chessorama. Truck and Logistics Simulator, Pinball M, Not for Broadcast, Battle Stations, Blockade, The Traveler's Path, and Animal Hospital. And we are going to start with Chessorama, which is a puzzle game that uses chess mechanics. I was really excited about this game as someone who loves chess very, very much. It, it, it saddens me beyond belief great show watch it it's free on youtube that what's it called beyond belief i think so ripley's believe it or not it's complete whatever chessorama love chess love the idea of a puzzle game using chess mechanics which isn't a new thing there have probably been other standalone games of this ilk but most chess games have their challenge modes that give you specific puzzles to solve but they're all mainly here's here's a game in progress or whatever figure out how to get checkmate and this is different you've got 
four different themes. I've only played through the first two. The first one is farming themed, and you take on the role of a knight, and you have to move the piece across designated spaces in a level and go on all of them to harvest them. If you go on one two times, you'll unharvest it. Three times, you'll harvest it again, so on and so forth. But they start to spice things up as you progress in that section by having gated paths that you can only, or, or, or fenced off areas that you can only go on once. So you can't backtrack or, or do anything of that nature. And then the second area is soccer themed, where initially you only have rooks, but they throw in the other advanced characters, not pawns, that is. So you'll have bishops in there and knights, no queens. And you have to create a layout of your teammates so that the player holding the ball who is stationary can't move can be any of the the pieces could be a bishop could be a rook or whatever and then create a setup so that when you click them they'll pass to one piece then they'll pass to another piece eventually to a piece that is in position to score a goal so if you if you the the piece that's going to score the goal is a bishop you want to have them at the angle and there's a goalie that's in the middle of a goal that is three spaces wide they begin to spice that area by blocking off sections of it or throwing in cones that you can't get around can't kick over the knight is unique in that because of the way they move they can hit the ball over objects including the goalie But that is the second area, the soccer-themed area. As you're playing through these areas, you'll have little challenges like complete a level in a certain number of moves or end the level with your piece on this position. And XP is used to unlock new modes as well as the additional themed areas of the puzzle mode. And some of the new modes, I don't know if there are going to be any more that are introduced, but the two that I unlocked were battle mode, which is the most interesting part of the game for me, where in the farming-themed one, you have specific layouts. It'll always start with, I believe all your pieces and then the other opponent's pieces with a, a, a space diagonally down the middle but you have nothing but a team of knights and the opposing team has nothing but a team of knights and you have to get checkmate essentially I, I like that because it makes you think in a chess like way but it it really focuses it to in that case night mechanics and I'll, I'll be curious to see what the rest of the battle modes are but I really like that there, there's a caveat there though that, that translates to the entire game and then the other mode I unlocked was just a traditional chess mode which is nice that it's there but it's very limited in nature and usefulness that there, there, there'd be no reason to play chess in this game as opposed to a regular chess game because it works in that they put up a fake type of searching for player thing and then you see uh, a ranking you get a number that is uh, supposedly indicating their difficulty I'm guessing but you can't pick the difficulty I, I didn't see a way to pick difficulty and there is no stat tracking so you can't see how many times you've won how many times you've lost what your rank is, so on and so forth. You can't see your previous games and look at how they played out. So it's it's nice that it's there, but really, if you love chess, you're going to have a dedicated chess game for that. 
And at least in the, the first game I played in the chess mode, the AI was pretty stupid. They weren't so stupid to fall for the Blitzkrieg, which is what I always attempt in any chess game at various difficulties to see, okay, I want to know what difficulty the AI will not fall for that. Because if, if the AI falls for that, they're, they're too stupid. Move on. That, that's always the test. I, I test that against... That might be disrespectful to people, but I, I will always test that against anyone I'm playing against for the first time just to see, are you are you really a chess person or are you fucking just saying so and you're going to fall for this? Because if you fall for the blitz for you, you're just, what the fuck? But I also feel like doing that against someone who is a proper chess player would look at you and think, how, how... Really? You're going to try this on me? Really? But coming to to that caveat, the ultimate problem for me with this is that as much as I like the concept of it, and I think the themes of those first two areas are pretty good conceptually, they don't they don't increase in complexity fast enough and wear out their welcome relatively fast. I made my way through half of both areas, roughly. And I realized when thinking about it, the the most important thing or what, what defines a good puzzle game for me is that one more puzzle feeling where when you complete a puzzle, your immediate thought is oh, just just one more just one more unless of course it's some puzzle game where puzzles take 15 minutes each to complete then that one more is going to be way more of a i i want to do one more but also it could take me another fi- like I, I got i got shit to do but that feeling of just one more never came across my mind while playing this i played through that first a good chunk of the first puzzle area then the second one messed around with the battle mode for 15 minutes or so and got my fix of that so even that wore out wore out's welcome and and that's where I left it I I I still want to play more just because I want to see what those new areas are like and see what else is in the game but I'm not excited about it as someone who loves chess I wish I was more excited about it and that, that, that bums me out it's not a bad game it's a solid puzzle game and if you like chess it's definitely worth checking out because I think it does utilize chess mechanics in solid ways and it, the the two last years might be super interesting those could be game changers for all I know. But you do have to... The, the problem with those, if they are, is that you have to play a fair amount of all the other modes and you have to go after challenges to earn XP. You can't earn XP. You can grind XP, that is, by playing the regular chess mode. But you have to build up a certain amount of XP and it's a decent amount to get to the second and or the third and fourth areas of puzzle mode. The first two you're gonna unlock relatively easily, or the, I mean, the first one's already unlocked, but then the second one, the soccer one, you unlock relatively easily. But yeah, just it didn't leave me excited at, at any point, sadly. That is again Chessorama. Next up is Truck and Logistics Simulator, which is a game in the vein of so many truck simulators. And the SnowRunner, MudRunner games, the these games where you find a task and then you have to complete it. It's usually a delivery job. With the biggest difference for me with this game, with Truck and Logistics Simulator, is that while a lot of them are open world-ish, they still traditionally have some kind of campaign or thing that is guiding you along a 
certain path. You can go and make your own choices to an extent, but you still have some kind of linear path, for lack of a better word right now, off the top of my head because I'm freaking dumb-dumb. But in Truck and Logistics Simulator, they just throw you into the game. They give you a very little amount of money that can only purchase one vehicle, which is, I believe, a minivan. And then you're thrown into the world. There's not really much of a tutorial at all. And that's it. The map will be covered in icons that you go into, and then you'll be given a list of missions that you can take on that'll range in length and then the payout. Then you just do it. I thought, after spending a little bit of time with it, that it was a very relaxing game. It is super friendly. It, it's very casual friendly. More so than any of these games I've, I've played before. The only thing you really have to worry about, you do have to fill your gas tank if it's running low, but that's no big deal. And you have to obey the rules of the road. But as far as I could tell, the only rule of the road you really have to follow is avoiding speed traps or slowing down when they are on your path. But running through red lights, crashing into cars, there, there was no real penalty for any of that. You will get a ticket for speed traps again. But when I was on missions, if I crashed my car, I didn't have damage fees, repair fees. After I finished, it seemed very hard to damage the cargo I was transporting. And it's also very hard to impossible uh, once you've attached a, a cargo to the back of your vehicle for it to disconnect from a crash or something or taking too wide of a turn or, or too sharp of a turn. So it... And, and, and control's fine. The driving is is very responsive and, again, very casual friendly. You don't really have to worry about braking or it, it's it's much more arcade centric than sim. This is called a simulator, but it in no way felt like a simulator compared to all the other simulators I play. This feels like the least. It seems like simulator is just there because that's what you would expect in a game like this in the, the name for it to, to have simulator. But it feels way less simulation-based than any of the other ones I've played, which isn't a, a bad thing because it makes for a very pleasant, relaxing time. Doesn't look good at all, but many games in this genre don't look good. The runner games are probably the exception to the rule of these games looking like shit. But again... If, if what you want is some casual friendly simulation delivery driving, that's what you're going to get. You're in money, then you buy some new vehicles that'll open up new missions, and you just keep doing all that. There's a day-night cycle. You got your windshield wipers. I, I, I did find attaching cargo was a lot easier to do in third person, and then when actually transporting it, driving, I much preferred in first person. But I, I was pleasantly surprised by how relaxing it was. I was I was worried it was going to be... Some, and I was worried it was really going to throw me down a bunch of menus right off the bat, but I appreciate the fact that it just says, here's some money, buy this one vehicle, don't even think about what to buy right now because you can't buy anything else and then just go do just go deliver some shit all right all right and that's what i did and i had a good time that is again truck and logistics simulator pinball m is the new standalone pinball game from zen studios makers of pinball fx and this is monster theme that is what the m stands for currently there is there are five tables in the game. I believe one comes with the standalone product and then four DLC tables. 
themed around Child's Play, The Thing, Duke Nukem, and what was it? So The Thing, Child's Play, uh, Dead by Daylight. The Duke Nukem table seems weird just in that I don't, I don't think of Duke Nukem as a monsters game. You, you, it, it, just, it just seems weird. It doesn't seem. It seems like that should be in Pinball FX and not this. Give me Frankenstein. Give me the Mummy. Give me the Invisible Man. But those those might be in FX for all I know as as actual license table. I'm not sure what the update or DLC future for this is if there's a plan to release a bunch of other monster tables but what is there and the, and the tables themselves cost I got a code for it of course but if you were to purchase them individually they cost $5.50 a piece which seems reasonable the last time I remember looking at the price of tables was that I think I'm not sure if you can purchase all of them a la carte in Pinball Effects now, or if it's some and some are locked behind the subscription service. That whole they lost me with Pinball Effects with that change. But the last time I remember looking at tables, I think it was was it Indiana Jones that cost fifteen dollars for one table, and it was just fucking insane. Anyway. I played through all the tables. I think the thing is the worst of the bunch, both from a visual standpoint, from a playability standpoint, and from the fact that the voiceover is some fucking random dude. It it I don't like the voice. I don't like whoever they got to do the voice work for it. When you have the actual seemingly actual cast members for Child's Play and for Duke Nukem, Dead by Daylight. They're probably I don't fucking know anything about that game in that series which is a weird inclusion just because when I think Dead by Daylight I don't think oh I know the Dead by Daylight characters I think of oh that's the horror game that was successful that's the Fortnite of horror games where they just got a bunch of licensed shit but the thing voiceover is just I know you'd probably expect, you know, think getting Kurt Russell probably really hard, but I wouldn't think to get Kurt Russell. There are two characters at the end of that fucking movie. And one of them is an actor who is no stranger to doing video game voice work. Keith David. You couldn't get him to do the fucking voice over. That would have been so much better. But that table looks like crap. I don't like the way it looks. I don't like the way it plays. And that, that's true for all of it. I've really come to the point. I don't know if things change or I just got accustomed to the pinball arcade physics engine, which by all accounts, I believe is, is considered to be a much more authentic, realistic physics system. And maybe I just suck. But... I find that the ball likes to fucking just go down the middle of the goddamn fucking table so often in pinball effects tables. Or it likes to fucking bounce and go on the sides. It just, the ball likes to fucking end up in the gutter. I can't stand it. I don't know if it's just that they've designed their games around really making you have to learn how to tilt the table to keep runs alive. But I've never been good at that. I also don't like the fact that when you tilt the table on the Duke Nukem table, he says something like, oh, what a time for a quake or something along those lines. And I really wish because when you're tilting it, aren't you kind of shaking it a little? You're, you're shaking it. And I wish I wish you said shake it, baby, because I that's the that is the line for me that I most attribute to Duke Nukem. When I was a kid, and one of my mom's fellow employees let me play Duke Nukem on his laptop, I was very young. And when I got to that strip club, you better believe I made that baby shake it a whole hell of a lot of times. So that is what I think of when I think of Duke Nukem. Shake it, baby. But I just, I. 
as much as I, it, it bums me out too, because I remember how exciting it was when Pinball FX2 came out and every time they come out with a new table and competing with friends, especially remember competing with the old, for anyone who remembers it, signed in in a, an Xbox podcast. Was that the name of it? got to remind me Lunchbox. It's been so long and I know it's been dead for... I, I haven't kept in touch with those folks, Super Fro. Can't remember the names of the other ones. Because I think I thought of... I remember them more by their real names and than Super Fro. Super Fro Jeremy, is that his name? Anywho. Those are the good old days. And every time I try to get back into pinball effects, it just does not feel right. The tables, overall, the tables look great. Yes, the thing looks bad, but the other tables, they look great. The one that comes with it, that it's deep down or something, which is a nautical-themed one, looks fucking incredible. That table looks so good. And they also have... It was weird, too, jumping into it because I don't even remember any of the other games, even though they're technically new doing this. It tutorializes everything and tells you how to play and how pinball works, basically, and that felt a little weird. But there's a token system for completing. Every time you complete, you get some tokens, which you can then use to buy new art for a table or new themed balls and stuff like that I think I just don't like the way they play it bums me out I wish I did but every time I try I just end up disappointed sadly but that is again Pinball FM then we have Not For Broadcast which is a super interesting game I was so freaking excited about where you are a TV show producer and you've got to do all the things that a producer does so you're switching between camera feeds if there's an interview between two people you switch back before them for reaction shots when somebody's talking go for a wide you can do wide shots you have to deal with commercial breaks swearing censoring that out and there's also, of course, like the game's trying to be funny. Has some kind of satirical nature going on while also having an overarching story. But I realized as I was playing it that I just, as much as I think the idea is really cool, I don't like it because it feels too much like work. And that might, that might be the idea, but it just felt like work. And the aspect of creativity doesn't exist in it because you're not really able to craft your own version of this, of these, these shows and these, these segments, you're just putting them together and switching in such a way that you, you make sure that the bar goes, keeps going up in the green and not down in the red because you want to keep the audience happy or you fail the game. There are five different difficulties and you can play on a story-driven one if you just want the story and not have to worry about that stuff, which is nice. But in playing it, and this is a game for people who love multitasking because as you play more and more, they're just going to throw more shit at you that you have to worry about. You have to worry about the audio levels and things getting jarbled up. And, and they, they throw in a lot of things that you realistically wouldn't have to worry about just to gamify it more. And that's fine, but as I was playing it and thinking about it, I thought to myself, sure, I multitask in real life a lot and I quote unquote enjoy it. But if I'm going to be multitasking like this, I would much rather be just doing it in real life where I'm being productive and getting stuff of actual importance to me done. And the lack of creativity really killed it for me. I think the idea of this would work better in some kind of Jackbox setup strictly for online play because it wouldn't really work locally where everyone has, you, you initially you start a thing or whatever and you, you pick out a theme or something 
and then everyone has 10 minutes to craft their segments. And then after the crafting period is done, you all together watch the, or, or what would be cool is that if it's, if it's a 10 minute setup save or 20 or whatever, or it depends two and a half minutes per player in the game, you then, and because <laughs> the, the thing is that when you're spending, the thing that wouldn't make it not work is that you would be spending a fair amount of time, especially the more and more people playing on your own setting this thing up. So I don't know if people would actually be interested in it. But if you have, say, four people playing, you then are given a 10 minute segment because it's, it's always going to be two and a half minutes per person. So if there are eight people, you have 20 minutes. And you put together this segment or you, you put together the show and it, it works the way the same way for everyone. And then after that time, that period is over, the game auto generates a show from all of everyone's pieces, picking out one section for each person. Then you watch the show as it's stitched together the four versions and it, that could end up in pandemonium where nothing makes sense. But then everyone votes on which segment they liked of the bunch. Would that work? I don't know. I've just fucking made, fucking thought of that off the top of my head, basically. So all I know is that I, I was excited. And so I want to play some more, but I just felt like it was fucking working. And it didn't, the, the ultimate problem there is that I wasn't invested in the story or any of the stuff happening, which is where a similar game like Papers, Please, for instance, which is very workman-esque. That, that is a game where you're just doing a very simple thing, but it's, it's very work-like. But why that game is so good and so special and why I love that game is because of the story, both the overarching story and, and your personal story and the characters and having to make decisions and decide if you let someone through who doesn't have all their paperwork, but you hear their story and you feel bad for them and you want to let them through, but you know that in doing that, you're going to get a mark against you and that's going to hurt you and your family. And I I love that game. That, that emotional investment is not present enough for broadcast, nor is any real investment whatsoever for me. I didn't find any of the humor that I experienced up until the point that I stopped playing particularly funny. But I think it's such a super cool idea that if it in any way interests you, if you if that idea, the concept alone interests you, you should check out the game because it does work. It just lacks that creative aspect where you can really craft your own thing because you're just you're gonna have the same material and you you can't. You can't go too crazy with it. You can you can try and have some fun by switching over to crazy reaction shots, but it's not. You don't really have any say over what is happening. It's it's much more of a just. You gotta do what you gotta do. Make the green bar go up. But it's worth checking out if the idea intrigues you at all. But that is not for broadcast. Next up, the last few are, are going to be quickies. Battle Stations Blockade is an on-rail shooter where you're on a battleship, presumably, going through the water, shooting down planes, other ships, mines as they pop up, paratroopers, in a pixely aesthetic, voxel aesthetic. That is incredibly boring with fucking fucked audio. I don't... I guess it's supposed to be the engine of your ship or something, but there's this constant the entire time that immediately I, I fucking turned down both the master both volume settings immediately dropped them down. Now I'm not even gonna waste time just muting my TV. Just turn them down in game because I never want to hear this audio, and the rest of the audio does not sound particularly good either. But then levels, I only play the first level because the first level took. 
10 or 15 minutes. It fucking went on forever and it's not fun. It's not challenging because with every kill you get health back. So you're just in this cycle where even if enemy, even if you, the enemies don't do that much damage, but even if you take some damage, you kill a, a handful of enemies, you're never going to have to worry about dying. Maybe in later levels, they really bombard you with enemies, but then if they're bombarding you with enemies, you're going to bombard them with kills and you're just going to get a bunch of health back. So levels too long, too boring, not fun. The switching between what you use, with, I think the left trigger brings up the radio menu for switching between weapons. That fucking thing sometimes... You, you select a weapon, doesn't work. Then you select, try selecting again, doesn't work. Then you select it again. Oh, it finally, that seems busted. The radio menu also initiates when you're in the main menu or in the pause menu. And then sometimes you'll unpause and you'll have a different weapon. And you're like, I didn't fucking pick this. And then you try to go back to the weapon you were using because that was the one that was way more useful in this situation. And then it's not fucking working. Annoying. But just a boring game. And the Traveler's Path is very, very simple. You have a little dude with a starting point, an end point, and then all of it, the, the area is made up of a bunch of blocks, a bunch of pieces that you can rotate or switch with any other piece, except there'll be instances where you might have a mountain piece that you can't move, so you have to work around that, or they'll have other pieces that are a certain color, and those are locked in place as well. And you just have to position the pass in such a way that the dude can get from starting point to end point and you just keep doing that over and over and over again they eventually will add coins that want you to get that spice things up a little bit but it's pretty simple and straightforward great a path game and I, I enjoyed it it was fine it was fun it was incredibly easy the time aspect of it, because there's a par time for each level, it's not how long it takes you to complete a, a level, but how long the character takes to go through the path you've created. So you can take as much time as you want in finding the best path, because ultimately the time part of it is just based on once you've completed the path, made a path that they can go through, how long does it take them to go through Simple, straightforward, nothing too crazy, but you like those types of games, give it a, give it a check. Give it a check, see. And then Animal Hospital is awful. You inherit an Animal Hospital, I believe. And I played through three days of Animal helping, and it was some of the most horrible, horrible bare bones gameplay in the world I didn't even know how to fucking they wanted me to open up a new room so I could take on more patients I couldn't figure out how to do that but it didn't matter because unless things really changed in those first three days all it was was an animal walks into the animal hospital you interact with them you take them to a patient room and then you find what's wrong with them, which is not hard to find. Then you heal it. And then you let them on their way. And healing them, in about 75% of the cases, just involved clicking on an ointment, moving it to the boo-boo, and then moving the analog stick a little bit to apply it. All done. Maybe they got a, a splinter. Click the tweezers. And, and and you never have to go through, you never have to pick out your your bag of doctor goods and select the right thing. They all select everything for you. You, you get the tweezers. You move it over to the splinter, to the boo-boo. And then you move the analog stick in an angle in a certain direction to pull it out. All better. You know, in some cases you might have to pull out something, a nail, and then you got to apply an ointment and then bandage it. And it's just fucking pull out, you know, move the analog stick, 
Ointment. Move analog stick. Apply bandage. Move it in a direction. It's just... It's borderline point-and-click adventure in how you interact with these animals and heal them. That's all you're doing, seemingly. Animal comes in, like diagnose the what's find out what's wrong with them. There's fucking it's it's clear as day, and I don't really have to fucking zoom in or look around them to try and find it. It's always super fucking obvious, and then when you actually have to help them, you don't have to fucking. I don't even know why I'm pressing any buttons at all. Just fucking do it for me. So that was... I wasn't expecting the world from this game, but I was expecting more than that. So it somehow managed to disappoint despite my low expectations. That's Animal Hospital. And that will do it for this year episode of the Pixel Latest Sausage Show. Once again... I am Mark Krishnez. Y'all can find me pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. If you enjoy this here show or any of the stuff I do and what have you, you can support me and my nonsense over at patreon.com slash PXS. In addition to the Patreon, you can find links to the site, the YouTube, the Discord, and so much more over at PXSausage.com. But that is it. That is all. As always, thank you for watching or listening. I Hope you enjoy this year episode, and I hope you have both a wonderful rest of your day, a lovely rest of your week, and a wonderful, wonderful weekend. But for now, adios, arrivederci, bye!